0: I'm Mark Middleton with Bill Schaefer. In the next hour, the wife of Dr. Oz, an accomplished author in her own right, joins us to uh, make your relationships more rewarding than ever. And then we'll meet a woman, a comedian, who now believes what doesn't kill you, can sure make you laugh. And then she had no idea at the time, but you'll hear how three promises a woman made at her dying husband's side ended up saving her life. This is Growing
1: Bolder. You're about to hear from a guy who just might be the most amazing man alive today. And just the fact that he is alive is amazing, but he's also someone who could teach all of us what it means to truly live, to do things in life that make a difference to face challenges and to live with passion
0: yeah and maybe in a strange way it does make sense that the man in possession of all this wisdom is a guy who has faced a death sentence more times than anyone should ever have to he's a cancer survivor a medical marvel an adventurer and a true inspiration to anyone who hears him speak so let's let him do just that as we say hello to sean swarner hey sean how are you I'm
2: doing great. How are you guys
0: doing? I guess maybe a better question is where are you? Because I think we talked to you one time on this program and you were on top of Mount McKinley or something. Where Where are you right now?
2: Well, believe it or not, I am actually sitting on my butt um, <laughs> on my couch watching television and doing some work.
0: Hey, but you got to have a big project planned. What's, what, what's the next big deal for you?
2: Well, um, it's funny you mentioned that. I do have a, a ton of projects coming up, but I, I heard that you said something about Dr. Oz's wife. That's one guy I want to meet because I'm watching him on TV right now. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: Well, we can introduce you to his wife. <laughs> yeah, I think, li- I think he'd like you too, Sean.
2: Yeah, no, that, that'd be fantastic, but uh, I, I do have a number of things coming up. Um, one of them, you know, my uh, nonprofit, the Cancer Climber Association, uh, every year we take a group up Kilimanjaro, and we do a six-day climb and a five-day safari, and we're constantly looking for people. Right now, I think we have about 12 uh, members, and we're looking for some more. So if anyone's interested in seeing Africa from the highest point on the continent, you know, they can go to cancerclimber.org and all the information's there. It's, it's absolutely spectacular. Um, it is one of the most beautiful mountains in the world. This will be my fifth time up there, and if it wasn't uh, such a beautiful mountain, and if I didn't enjoy it so much, you know, I wouldn't take my one-lunged body up to 19,000 feet that many times, but we're looking for some crazy individuals who love adventure.
1: Yeah, you don't think the reason you only have 12 people is because it's really, really hard to do?
2: You know, there is... It, it, It's a climb, yes, but it's technically not challenging whatsoever. It's the altitude because it's above 19,000 feet. And it's it's an adventure hike and an endurance hike is what I call it. So anyone can do it. You guys should
0: go. Uh, we would love to go if we could only get some time off it, but but reserve a spot for us uh, in one of your climbs in a year or two, and we'll be there. Let's tell folks where you came from, Sean. You mentioned the fact that you've got one lung. Uh, I mean, that only tells part of the story. At age 13, you had stage four non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and doctors gave you, what, three months to live?
2: Yeah, I was 13, and the doctors gave me three months to live, which uh, you know isn't exactly a prognosis that people want to hear. Uh, especially being only 13 years old because, you know, I was on the cusp of, of my life. You know, my hormones were kicking in. My friends were out chasing girls, having a great time, and I was
1: battling for my life. And somehow you battle through that, Sean. I mean, it's incredible. Only to at 16, a totally different cancer comes in, creates a huge tumor in your lungs, and then you're given two weeks to live and last rites? It,
2: exactly. It, it's crazy how things happened. Um, I was going in for a checkup for the first cancer, and they found on, a t- on an x-ray from just a checkup um, a golf ball-sized tumor on my right lung. Uh, and then one day they found a tumor. They did a needle biopsy. They took out a lymph node. They put it in a Hickman catheter. They cracked open my ribs, took out the tumor, put it in a drainage tube, and started chemotherapy in less than one day.
0: And after that? I mean, isn't there a part of you that just wants to sit on the couch like you are now and not do anything else? I mean, what is responsible for you deciding that the world now uh, is your adventure?
2: Well, you know, you go through some traumatic illness. For me, it was cancer. And you can you can look at it one of two ways. You can be angry at the world for what you went through, or you can accept the fact that, you know, everyone in life goes through some some hardships, some trials, some tribulations. And I chose to look at it differently and, and see life through a different set of eyes, uh, see through, you know, rose-colored lenses and try to give, give back and do something with my life and realize that, you know, I didn't necessarily do anything to get the cancer. It wasn't my fault. You know, I didn't smoke 18 packs of cigarettes a day. It, it, who knows? And my goal now is, is I just want to show people what's truly possible with the human body and spirit. And you know, I, I with a prognosis of like you said, one, three months, fourteen days, I've read my last rites. I have one functioning lung, and being the first cancer survivor to summit Everest, I use the highest platform in the world to give people something I never had, which is hope.
1: You don't give the rest of us much of a reason to say no, do you?
2: You know, I I never was big into excuses. <laughs>
1: And, boy, we got a million of them these days. What was it that made you say, you know, okay, like Mark pointed out, not only are you going to survive this thing, but you are going to make a statement with your life from here on out?
2: No, I I think it was just a combination of a bunch of things. I'm alive because of, you know, modern medicine, family support, prayer, and and just an inner will to keep moving. And I wanted to, to, like I said, give people hope. You know, I have a saying that the human body can live for roughly 30 days without food. Uh, The human condition can sustain itself for about three days without water, but no human alive can survive for more than 30 seconds without hope because without hope we truly have nothing.
0: You know, we've had cancer survivors in the past, Sean, tell us that, uh, that, that in retrospect, now that they faced it like you did, they beat it down, and they changed their life like you have, that, that the diagnosis was maybe the best thing that ever happened to them. And obviously, you'd never wish a cancer diagnosis on anybody, but do, do you ever think back what you might have been like had you not got cancer as, as compared to what you are today?
2: Well, you know, it's funny you ask that, and and I completely agree with with the other survivors you talked to. Uh, You know, having cancer was, I'll be honest, was the worst thing that's ever happened to me, but at the same time, it was the best thing that's ever happened to me. You know, it it made me realize so much about life. And it's kind of funny if you look back on your life. You make so many just small decisions, almost like the butterfly effect. You know, you make so many small decisions, and you, you come to so many different paths in life, where if you change one thing, it could have changed something else and taken me down a completely different direction, in a completely different direction from there. So, uh, who knows? I could have been... You know, living in Alaska, or I could have been, uh, you know, living in, in the, the British the British Virgin Islands. But the way it is now, and the way my life is going, I live in Colorado now, and and I wake up every morning with a smile on my face and, and a spring in my step, and just being happy and alive.
1: And the thing that makes you a hero, Sean, is you've reached out to so many others to help in their fights against cancer. What is it that the millions battling that disease really need to hear?
2: Well, I think they need to hear that there are people, you know, like myself out there who are, who are doing things with their lives, who uh, see that cancer is is not a death sentence. You know, there, there's a saying that you know, um, it, it's not a sentence, it's a word. You hmm. know, the word cancer is not a, a word, it, 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 it's a word, not a sentence. And people need to realize that, you know, there is a life out there, and people need to stop just being alive and they need to start truly living and realizing that this life isn't You you get one chance at this life, and you get one shot at it, and you have to make the best of it and and do the most you can. And, you know, one thing that I'm I'm fortunate about is I get to meet people from all walks of life. And, you know, we were talking about uh, different adventures, and I met a fellow named Alan Locke who uh, is visually impaired, and actually I I joined his team, and and we're heading to the South Pole, you know, in, in December, January, and February. And if someone who, like I said, who's gone through what I've gone through and if, if Alan's visually impaired, you know, with, with what he's doing with polar vision, you know, we can do anything, you know, anything truly possible. And if you put your mind to it, you can do anything you want to as well.
0: You know, Sean, the neat thing about your message is that it does give hope to people who have been diagnosed with cancer. They need to hear it. But but also who needs to hear it is everybody else. It's a shame that sometimes it takes a death sentence, essentially. It takes a a diagnosis like you got to make people realize what a tremendous gift we have and to go out there and live a life that that is extraordinary. Do you you get frustrated sometimes that these able-bodied people are are just sitting around wasting their lives?
2: You know, it it, it takes hot walks of life uh, to to make the world go round, and I don't think it's my place to judge. I don't think it's my place to to get angry at those people. However, you're right about how it, it does sometimes take people... Uh, you have to go through a certain situation to have some traumatic illness to really make you appreciate your life and open your eyes about what life's about and, and what you, what is offered in your life and what you can also go out there and, and accomplish. You know, instead of sitting around and complaining about things, people should really go out there and change them. You know, the, 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 the first step in changing something is starting with yourself.
1: Boy, you know, there absolutely has to be a Sean Swarner feature film, don't you think? I mean, who would you choose to play the lead role of the dashing, adventurist Sean Swarner?
2: Wow, that, that's, that's a good question, and maybe we'll leave it to uh, the folks out there <laughs>
1: listening. Turn it in and help me out with that. You, you better watch it. They're will liable to call in Woody Allen, and there, where would you be?
2: <laughs> hey. Whoever it is, it just needs to be someone who loves, loves adrenaline and loves uh, adventure, that's for sure.
0: Sean, what's left? I mean, we get the idea you're not sitting around waiting for the phone to ring, even though I'm certain it does. Given that you're up for just about anything, is there is there something uh, that you still need to do? You still have to do that? You still will do? That's that's really big.
2: Well, you know, like I said, with with the Cancer Crime Association, we're raising funds for uh, a mobile camp for kids with cancer, and and that is my ultimate goal. To. to give back as much as I can. Um, and I've also wanted to quit, complete the Adventure Grand Slam, which I, I mentioned earlier about doing with, with Polar Vision. Um, we're actually, and, and if, if it's okay, I'm going to mention that real quick, because we're looking for um, some serious sponsors to help us out. We have a group of five, five guys from uh, England and the United States who are going to be trekking, believe it or not, over 600 miles uh, to the South Pole, and we we do need some help, and and we're looking for that. And they can get in touch with me at at dot org, and you know from there, there's going to be links to Polar Vision, and uh, basically my life will never be done, and and, and I don't know if I'll ever be um, satisfied with with everything because I still want to reach out there and do more to help other people and and to challenge them.
1: He's been called one of the most inspiring people alive, and it's absolutely true. Thanks so so much to the truly amazing Sean Swarner. Thank you.